Kia ora, I'm Andrew Whiteside and my guest today is New Zealand comedian Rhys Mathewson. Rhys is a regular contributor to various TV shows in New Zealand such as Seven Days and The Project. He's been doing comedy since he was 15. In this interview we talk about his new show Heartless Joke Machine which is uh, on during the 2021 New Zealand International Comedy Festival. But we also talk about dealing with anxiety and trying to be genuine on social media. Uh, It's a really, really interesting interview. Uh, and Reese is a hell of a nice guy, so here it is. Reese Matthewson, really great to meet you. This is the first time I've seen you on the telly and I've seen you on stage, so um, welcome. Thanks for having me, Andrew. So your show this year is uh, Heartless Joke Machine, yes. and you don't strike me as heartless, so explain that to me. I have been a stand-up comedian for about 15 years now, which is half my life, and uh, spending a large chunk of your life, particularly formative years, only caring about comedy, only, you know, looking for the joke in things, doesn't necessarily make you a, a very well-rounded human being. <laughs> um, and I, I uh, went sober a couple of years ago, and then all of these feelings that I had been kind of pushing away came rushing back and having to deal with them. So it's kind of about, like, uh, using using jokes, using the thing that I have to kind of process the feelings that I've been feeling. So comedy is cathartic. Uh, it is, it is, but it can't be therapy. I think we've all seen comedians where they like it's more for them than it is for the audience, and I don't. I, my show is definitely not that. I've taken pains for it not to be that. But um, but yeah, I think there's anyone could come to the show and just be like, that's a great hour of jokes. That's an amazing hour of jokes. Uh, but a little bit under the surface is this kind of story about how I'm kind of figuring things out. Do you, do you feel comfortable um, sharing some of that stuff you've been going through? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, so it kind of, um, you know, I, I'm engaged. I'm getting married and kind of uh, starts by like talking about that in a way that's very um, not really dealing with the, or not, not engaging with the emotions of it and then going into... Uh, you know, my body and stuff like that and how I actually feel about it and then kind of finding a purpose for negative emotions and talking about climate change and and how um, how anger can be useful, I guess. Yeah, and then, and then a bit at the end that I don't want to spoil, but that's kind of the journey of it, yeah. Uh, you know, New Zealand has uh, followed Britain in many ways with that stiff upper lip, you know, and you don't, uh, traditionally. We don't, oh, we don't very much so. We're yeah, very yeah, stoic, yeah. we don't. And we also have one of the highest suicide rates and also one of the highest rates of depression, so it's understandable. That didn't really work, that strategy, did it? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I have a theory about how that happened, and it's a bit like um, uh, with Britain's colonization of the world, it's a, um, it's people after a bank heist <laughs> and they're like, hey, where'd you get that money? It's like, we don't talk about where we got that money from. <laughs> we don't mention it, just accept it and move on. I feel like that's kind of the foundation of it is that like, there's, there's some really grim stuff from the last couple of centuries that they were just easy to be like, no, we don't, I, yeah. don't say a thing. And it's almost as if you, the people who've been colonised, if you teach them stiffer upper lip, then they're not going to complain, are they? Yeah. You know, so I just put up with it, you know, it's all good, you know, we're all fine now, we're producing lots of milk and cheese, and that's yeah. the main thing, you know, so, yeah. And that's tall poppy syndrome, you know, that's where it, like, that, that's that thing of like, uh, I think tall poppy syndrome is really a sense of like, but if you're doing that, then what does that say about my life choices? Like it's such a, it's from such an emotionally fragile position that um, uh, that is playing on kind of this weird sense of pride that 
shouldn't exist. Well, I wonder if we're all suffering from imposter syndrome, no matter who, who we are and where we live. Yeah. It's all this, you know, oh, I could be better, I'm, I'm faking this or whatever. And we're always afraid of what other people are going to say about us and think about us, yeah? Yeah. So how do you, how do you deal with anxiety? I mean, obviously, you, you, you said you, you gave up drinking, so that was part of it. How, how do you handle that stuff? Because everyone has it, every, particularly in the creative sector, we all deal with it. How, how do you find? What, what do you do? Um, I uh, have started practicing mindfulness, started like using the meditating apps and that sort of thing to try and like uh, calm down. Um, and uh, started going to therapy as well, which has been really, really helpful. It's good, eh? It's oh, it's <laughs> so good, Andrew. <laughs> I wish someone had come along five years ago and been like, "Hey, start doing this." Um, uh, yeah, and then day to day, it's just uh, focusing on what you can control. I guess, like, I can't, I can't control uh, how other people. Well, I can control how other people think of me, how I carry myself but you know that ultimately it's up to them and and uh you know how other people are doing in their careers whether they're doing better or worse or like compare i'm a big comparer compare yourself to to everyone else and it's just trying to remind myself not to do that and if someone from the future came tomorrow and said hey reese i'm I'm from the future 100 percent this you're not making it in comedy this is it (laughs) like you're only going to be this and it's downhill from here reminding myself that i would still do it because it's it's what I love. And you mentioned mindfulness because I've been doing um, a little bit of reading around that. Do you, have you read anything by Eckhart Tolle? Um, I, I've, I've seen some some tweets and that's about it. I'm not deep on Eckhart Tolle. The basic stuff of mindfulness is this moment we're in right now is the only moment we have because the, the past is gone, the future is never going to arrive because it's always now, whereas in the now. And it's like, that's quite a... You know, that's a mind fuck really, isn't it? You yeah. Know? It's like, yeah, that's true. We can speculate about all sorts of stuff. But in reality... It may, may or may not come. No. Yeah, how do you deal with anxiety? Um, I uh, scream into my pillow. <laughs> um, I, it's like a roller coaster, to be honest, isn't yeah, it? Okay. I, I find this, if, if I exercise regularly, if I stay in touch with people, if I um, eat well, then things mostly go well, or, or I can handle them. If I let those things slip, yeah, I get paranoid, I get yeah, all sorts of stuff. That's, so I, I think it, it's one of those things, I mean like with um, substance abuse or whatever, you have to deal with it every single day. You can't just think, yeah, everything's going to be fine now. It's, it's those structures. It's, put, it's putting the systems in place. Also, I think, don't you, don't you find, though, you, you're going to therapy, isn't it? Um, isn't one of the ways of just having the courage to talk about it with people and the acknowledging we're all actually really vulnerable? Yeah, very much so. I think that, that thing of like... We're so prone to think that we're the only person going through this, mm-hmm. or that we're the only person feeling this way, or, or um, and it's been a real nice reminder of my therapist to be like, "Congratulations, you're just an ordinary person, yeah. and we're all having this happen." But don't you find with social media and others, it's almost like being coming, becoming really concentrated now because most people put their best foot forward, the glossy photos, the whatever. And so we're bombarded with these success images all the time, despite what's really going on for people. Um, certainly, I think that's the case. I think some people, um, I think there's a misunderstanding about what, uh, I mean, Twitter particularly is for, right? Like, uh, people, people can treat it as their diary, but it's not, it's not what, how do I word this? It's not what, um, it's not real, like, Comedians who are on Twitter, 
being personal instead of funny have misunderstood what it is for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, and I think um, it's in the processing of that and looking at what people are doing, when you think of them as that as their real selves is when you're, um, it's a misunderstanding of the, of the audience, perhaps. Like, um, I think of it like wrestling. Are you a pro wrestling fan at all, Andrew? Not really. I've dipped into it now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the thing of like, um, of uh, they call it kayfabe, which is like the universe in which the wrestlers kind of as characters exist. And you've got to appreciate that there are like real people back there and the personas that they're portraying and, and projecting. And all of, all of social media is kayfabe. It's that like everyone's projecting their image and that's what you are digesting. You're never, you're seeing flashes of the real person behind it, but as long as you understand that you, they're not equitable, then you, I think you're doing okay. So if we think of it almost as though it's a constant reality show, yes. that, it's, that it's a, that it's, it's a hyper reality. Yeah. So it's not exactly totally fake, but it's a, almost a fantasy projection. It's a performance. With some, with some truth in there. Yeah. Pretend. Yeah. That's that actually really helpful. Yeah. Because I sometimes scroll through and I think, oh God, really? Yeah. There are some gems in there, but sometimes it's like, oh for God's sake. Yeah. And also like, I'm, I'm very much one of the people who uh, sees social media as a place to put like... I get caught up in being myself on there yeah. when really I should be like, no, no one wants to hear that. Just tell people you're nailing it. <laughs> no matter what's going on, just tell. Although in saying that, um, to, to argue with myself, you know, there have been a couple of times, especially within the last year, where I've been more vulnerable with my, like, proper feelings. Um, I was doing an episode of The Project once. I was on the, on the desk and just got really immensely sad, like out of nowhere, just a feeling bubbled up, just was like trapped under a wave of sadness. Like I could see everyone else up here on the surface above the water and there was me down here and I had no idea what to do. Gosh. And just was like, fuck it, I'll put it on Twitter. Why not? Yeah, yeah. The amount of people that reached out of like uh, friends of mine being like, hey, just checking in was so worth it in that vulnerability to feel connected. So maybe I'm entirely wrong. Maybe we should just all be our authentic selves, what's and all on there. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, I think people definitely want to see genuine people. They want to know there's a connection. Yeah. But also need a distraction from time to time. So, yeah, I don't know. I remember someone telling me about Las Vegas. I was horrified the first one, time I went there. It was fantastic place but the excess the, the wastage of food and all that stuff and it, i was with this american friend and he said yeah but people need a distraction andrew you know they yeah, need, they yeah, need yeah. something to take them away from their the humdrum or the the boredom the whatever at times and that's okay well that's in my opinion that's what good comedy does um two of the best comedy shows i've ever seen uh were reggie watts at Sky City and um, and James A. Caster, I think he was at the Classic that year. And while very stylistically different, they both did this thing where like there was this moment about halfway through where I just noticed that everyone in the room was just present and together yeah. and connected in this way of like f forgetting all of your worries because we're so wrapped up in the moment. That's what I, I think comedy is is comedy at its best can be Vegas. When you're on stage, do you have moments of that um, mindfulness? Do you feel like yeah, it's yeah, almost yes. other otherworldly? Uh, certainly, certainly. Um, 
you you can't force it, but there are times when you just when you're absolutely in the moment with a room full of people and there's nothing better. Like, yeah, one like one of the best gigs I've ever had was it like in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival at like two o'clock in the morning, and uh, and that moment happened, and it was for about like for about a minute of a tw- of a fifteen minute set. It was just that, and it was heaven. It was perfect, and that was like the first time it had happened, and having that wake up call of, oh, that's what I'm trying to get to. That's that's the new goalposts because if I can get to there, I mean, not only is it really funny, but it feels so good. <laughs> that was Reese Mathewson. Uh, details on his show are available in the uh, blurb underneath this interview. Now, a reminder: you can see lots more content and interviews in my writing. Lots more information on my website, andrewwhiteside.com, and you can also sign up for my regular newsletters there as well. I am Andrew Whiteside. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon.